What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Defonce Talks Metal. Today, I have Chris Davis from the bands Texas in July, The Ghost Inside, and his studio, Ironfoot Audio. How are you doing today, man? Great, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I forgot to put a light on. There we go. Better exactly. lighting. I need some better lighting. How to put the ring light on. <laughs> Make myself glow. <laughs> so, yeah, man. How's everything been? Um, the past year, I mean, you guys played a show and then. <laughs> and then the world broke. <laughs> kind of, right? Well, that was, wait, when was the show? July uh, 2019? July of 2019. But yeah. then we went and played Unify Festival in Australia in January of 2020. 2020. And like, I feel like a month after that is when we were like, oh, well, Corona's in America. Uh, no way our entire year's off. And then um, like a week after that, it was like, oh, our entire year's <laughs> off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, you guys. Broke it. Yeah. I mean, you had to be, I mean, you guys had to be stoked to get back out there again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been so long. Yeah, it, it was uh, a little disheartening, you know, once the band's like finally getting to, to pick up steam again, to have it like kind of taken away again. But yeah. I do think that, uh, and, and we, I think we've all kind of said this at different points, but we're like weirdly predispositioned to like handle a situation like this. You know, we've had the band taken away in the blink of an eye and yeah. like find our, find our identities outside of the band and kind of be okay with that for a while. So we're like weirdly uh, <laughs> for a situation like this. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think our band has handled, has been able to handle it uh, a little bit better than a band that's been touring, you know, nine months out of the year for the past three, four years or more. Yeah. I mean, seriously, so, at least we have that on our side, but it doesn't, it doesn't make the, make it sting any less. So we didn't get to play, I you know. know, we had on the books last year. Yeah. No, I was supposed to come to the shrine show and I had tickets too, but it was like right when uh, me and my girlfriend were moving to Austin and I was like, fuck. How am I going to do all this shit and then move? Because I was flying up to uh, Connecticut, where she's from, to yeah. drive with her here, you know, and then yeah. move in. So it was just like, fuck, I'm going to miss the show. Fuck. And then seeing all the videos and shit, I was just like, oh, my God. My friend, a bunch like Joel, my friend Joel Haston went. Uh, my friend Sean Mott went. You know, a bunch of my friends went to it, and it just looked absolutely insane. It was... Uh... I think for us, like everything that everything that you imagine, like wanting to accomplish one day about being in a band is what that evening was for us. And some, you know, like yeah. a, a, all the emotional attachment, but uh, to be able to put on like a quote unquote, like a real rock ish show mm -hmm. and stuff was uh, was super cool. I mean, yeah. it's like literally all the stuff I, I used to daydream about doing. Yeah. I mean, that was like you guys literally you guys went all in for that show. Yeah, well, it was. It was <laughs> you had to though. Yeah, we we didn't you know, know going to be any other shows, so it was like. Oh, so like that when you guys were like planning that, that was just like, okay, we're doing this. We'll maybe talk about right other stuff after the fact. When when right. uh, when whispers in the industry started getting out that we were going to do a show, like naturally other offers were coming in, but we were yeah. turning we were turning them all down because we like we had never we haven't played a show since everybody was you know figured out how to play with their injuries and we didn't know what we were going to be feeling after that night uh, oh yeah 
So it was it was very much uh, test the waters, and also just in case it's the last one, we're going out with a bang. And so we're gonna we're gonna every bit of money that comes in for the show is just going right back into the show. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that, the the production and everything. I mean, that place especially expenses. I can't even fucking imagine. Yeah, I <laughs> no putting on shows uh, could be that expensive, and now it <laughs> makes me want to throw up thinking about what a band. <laughs> Not, or like Metallica, like what their production costs look like. What did you, when you saw like the expenses, what went through your head? <laughs> See them directly. Uh, Jim, Jim is our, our yeah, like. He was handling it, right? Yeah. But uh, I do know that, I don't know. I don't, I might get, whatever. I, I do know that just from moving the show from inside to outside in the parking lot was like a $20,000 expense. Oh yeah, I could definitely. And, and all that stuff all the production it, the stage the lights the security but, more that's even before we decided we we're going to do pyro and all that and make the, <laughs> cool. that was just to not have the show inside but move it outside was a twenty thousand dollar expense it's fucking nuts yeah a lot of people don't know the <laughs> like like when i used to work uh for uh with uh south by so what fest then it turned to so what music fest um we did it in a ballpark in Grand Prairie, Texas, which is just on the way. It's it's pretty much Dallas. It's just on the way to Fort Worth. And um, just seeing all those expenses was just insane. I remember when I first started working for the Fest, I, I was just like, whoa, how the fuck is this going to make the money to pay this? And I remember, you know, Mike just being like, yeah, we need like this amount of people. <laughs> so go get those vendors. Go get those sponsors, Dan, <laughs> because we're going to need a little more money, you know? Right. Yeah. That, that part of, <laughs> that part of booking shows is that fucking, the idea of that stresses me out, man. It's fucking wild. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of people do not fucking realize it, man. Yep. So yep. I, whenever I see like comments from people, like when tours get announced saying like, why aren't you coming here? And I'm like, well, the bands kind of cost this much money and right. your market unfortunately doesn't, won't draw as much, you know, that many ticket buyers. So it's probably not going to make that much money. And that's why, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the entire but reason. Hopefully that band comes to your, your town on an underplay show, you know, which that's I've seen a lot of bands do, including the ghost inside. I've done last we were almost an under underplay tour. Yeah. It was all underplay tour. I've seen every time I die do it. I've seen plenty of bands do it. You know, I remember like every time I was working for this venue in Fort Worth, Texas called Tomcats West. Uh, it's not around anymore, which sucks. But one of the cool, I think you played it on that locals only tour. And uh, yeah, I mean, dude, we've had, you know, you guys there. But every time I die, I mean, everybody has played there. You know, it's yep. not a great venue, but the sound is fucking amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a small it's a small spot. It's like 300, 400 cap. We've had like everyone, Periphery, Valamaya. I mean, the list just like goes on and we just, but you know, seeing bands do like underplay shows is always cool as fuck. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, at the time, they probably didn't consider it an underplay show, but I saw there's a tiny little venue in Baltimore called the Auto Bar. It's like yeah. fucking, I love that venue. Great spot. So architects play there with Straight from the Path and make them suffer maybe. Oh, and wow. Stacked bodies on top of each other and it's oh, like yeah. still to this day probably one of the best shows that i've ever been to like the un oh, under yeah. are probably some of the coolest shows ever i agree they really are and i feel like 
all the bands that do those type of tours and shows really love doing it. Like, because you, as a band, like to do underplay shows, like you, you're gonna, you have to want to do it, <laughs> you know. Uh, and sometimes you got to take a little pay cut. But I yeah. feel like even if you do take a pay cut, you're really just gonna really, you're really just gonna make it up in merch sales. Oh, absolutely. You're not gonna see a difference, really. No. You know, mm. you really at at the end of it all, you're not gonna see a big difference. The, the people who who end up getting into those shows end up being your diehard fans who, yes, are gonna make make up that difference in merch. Oh yeah, everyone is buying fucking merch. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so back to the. Let's go back to like Texas in July. Um, when it came to that band, were you? So I don't know like any. I don't know the history of Texas in July. I I, I I'm a fan of the band, but I never like dug into like the history of the band. Were you like the original? Were you original? I I wasn't original. Uh, there was a guitar player before me. So basically, the guy started the band when they were like 15 years old. Like they were yeah, all. Yeah, I remember it was. Yeah, they were like really young. <laughs> Alex, the original singer, was maybe 16 when they signed with Equal Vision, if I remember correctly. Was he that young? I think so, because wow. they took on their first uh, European tour, like the day after uh, him and the drummer graduated high school or something like that. It was <laughs> psychotic. That's uh, nuts. No, I wasn't original. I met them because I was trying to get my old local band on tour with Texas. And so I reached out to the band's manager. Yeah. Who was also, he also owned their label. Mm -hmm. So booking him at the time. His name's Jeremy Weiss. He's still like one of my best friends in the entire world. Yeah, Jeremy's the man. He's great. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, like, I think our bands musically, like stylistically fit with each other. I think it would be pretty cool if we get on the road. You yeah. know, like, what do you guys like? looking for and support acts for texas and he was like well how about this and this is so jeremy <laughs> he's like how about this uh they're they're out on tour right now they need a date in maryland in like a week and a half if you can fill that date and you guys play and you guys get along we can talk about you guys playing or doing a, a run together later on and i was pitching oh. i'll book the show myself Fuck yeah, of it. course <laughs> yeah so i i hit up the local like vfw hall uh -huh. and I booked the show, lost my ass on it. <laughs> but the good old days. Yeah, but I made good friends with the guys in the band. Uh, we we never ended up touring together, but uh, anytime that they would come and play in Maryland, my yeah. band would play, or I would just come and hang out with them. And then uh, mm -hmm. when their guitar player Logan left the band, they were actually on their first European tour, and he, had, I think that that was just enough for him to be like, maybe touring isn't for me, being that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was the first guy they called when they got home, which was crazy. Wow. What was your old band called? Uh, Behold the Flood. We're just like a Behold the Flood. Generic early like, metal. Yeah. Is a metal? Yeah, I feel like I heard that name. I probably have years and years ago. <laughs> Somewhere in the MySpace verse of metalcore bands, because it was oh, okay. Of music for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's so they so he was just like not down the tour, and they just pretty much just hit you up right after. They they did one short run right after that, uh, and then okay. I basically joined like right away, jumped right in. Damn, that's wild. How old were you at the time? Uh, I was older than all the guys, so I think I was twenty when I went on my first tour with them. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're still relatively young, but that's crazy. He was he was sixteen when they signed the singer. 
15 and then probably 17 or 18 when we started touring full time. Actually, he was 18 when we started touring full time. Uh huh. I remember specifically him having his 19th birthday in Canada and being able to legally drink and being a big deal. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was su- su- Alex was super young when we yeah. went, they signed to Equal Vision and when we started touring. That's sick, dude. Okay. So, I mean, so you were pretty much, I mean, how old was the band up until you joined? Uh, like as far as like how, how long had the band been around? Or yeah, how long, that's what I meant. Yeah. How long was the band around for before you joined? 2007. And I did my first tour with them at the end of 2010. Okay. So, Not, yeah, I mean, you, you were, I mean, you were pretty much in it. You, you got into the band as it was like really starting to take off. Yeah. Uh, they right. had a, a record with Equal Vision yet and they oh. had real support tours like all touring they had done at that point was all uh just like diy style headlining stuff so i jumped in right as things were starting to take off that's sick i got very lucky yeah you fucking did (laughs) very lucky yeah because i remember when that band came when texas in july came out that's when i was like um i was like working with like this of the apocalypse yep and i was like this texas in july band they're very because even at the time too then like Everyone was kind of uh, a lot of people were like comparing like Tota to like August Burns Red, yeah. and then I remember like you guys came out. And I was like, this is kind of like August Burns Red too, but it's really fucking good. <laughs> so I was a huge ABR fan. Like I've always been. I love that band. I love I love ABR. Yeah, great so, band. So it was cool cool to see. I was like, yeah, this band's kind of like a, like ABR influence. I like this. <laughs> I think that uh, Lancaster definitely has a sound to its music scene. Yeah. I don't does as much anymore i i also haven't been as uh like involved or like in the know with the the music scene that's there now because i mean since texas has been done i haven't spent much time up there but uh yeah i do i do think that the scene obviously had its own sound for a minute there and did and 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 a lot of it was bands just not trying to sound like ABR, but like the ABR influence definitely trickled its way into everybody's music. Oh yeah, no, it definitely did. I feel like there was a bunch of places, even like in Poughkeepsie, there was like bands like that were like really trying to be like, I don't know, kind of like the My Bitter End. I don't know if you remember that band, but like I was like heavily influenced by them because they were such like a hardworking band and just, I love their music and they just always playing shows so i i play guitar and i was in a couple bands back then too and um that like really like influenced me to like keep going you know so i was like how's it this band's fuck you know and then i became friends with them too but yeah like i feel like a lot of different like places had like their own like even like texas too man it was just the same thing but it's i mean rad. look but, at like, uh, like uh ohio when the whole rise like <laughs> band thing started you had the like the attack attacks and uh the of mice and men's and like <laughs> well, well, coming out of there and then you had the miss may eyes which didn't sound really like them but somehow still kind of sounded like them yeah yeah it was still like in the same world or you know same lane i do i do feel like certain pockets of the country tend to have their own sound a little bit for it's sure cool well even lancaster it's like a small town it's not yep. big i like i loved going there every time i would go like visit ricky from tota like back then i would go down and see the this is the apocalypse guys and hang out with them can we talk about how awesome of a human ricky armelino is i love ricky and that's his dog right there do you see okay. do you have my my, my <laughs> so when i when i did an episode with him it was a second one i do this other stream called like the defense review and we have like bands submit music and i'll have like a producer or something like that 
as my guest and we'll go listen to everything like kind of critique it and like give the band some tips you know stuff like that and obviously you know ricky was great for this <laughs> that's right up his alley yeah so i was like yo can you send me a picture of starks of like him like sitting up or something and he did and i had my friend sean i'm like can you just cut the background out and then can you send, send me a dog bed because my friend sean does all this shit for me all yeah. my graphics. I, I, I'm not Photoshop savvy. I wish I was. <laughs> I, I I don't have that part of it, the art gene in me. It's no. music. So I got nothing yeah. else. I'm like, I can do this. I can, I can work, you know, I'm, I'm kind of smart with the computer shit and like running a stream and all this stuff. I'm like, any graphic design is not me. Don't ask me to do it. But yeah, that's his dog right there. <laughs> what a good pooch. I know. I was like, well, let's have a second Corgi on the screen <laughs> yeah, ricky's a good dude ricky is yeah, uh, one of the first people i made friends with in like a in like a notable band because i, oh, really? I first show ever by booking this or the apocalypse in my small little town here in maryland actually and he was like my first friend in like a real band real band yeah what town was what town did you book shows in uh mount airy maryland Oh, Mount Airy. Did we, did I ever book anything through you? I don't know. So I, I, I remember booked, who else was booking in Mount Airy? There, there was a guy named Mikey Rafiki. He ran Apex Booking and he did like, yeah, Mikey. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember Mikey from Apex. I, I did like the first five or six shows there and Toto being one of them. And then Mikey started booking shows there and he's was so much better at it that I was just, I'll just play your shows, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take, you take, you take it from here. <laughs> he he did ninety nine percent of them there, but yeah. yeah. But Ricky was the, one of the first people that uh, I hit him up to book the show directly. He said yes, and then was just super, super kind to me ever, like ever since. He's just just the best. I yeah. love that dude. He's a, he. That's like probably like the one, one of the only bands like like if Hawk, you know, when Torin comes back and Hawk starts getting out there. Because I work with Hawk, and. I would go out on tour with him. <laughs> there oh, yeah. was like a couple Toto tours where it was like, Ricky was like, do you just want to come with us? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. They had that like uh, mini bus thing. Remember? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Surprised that thing got them anywhere. If I'm being honest, dude, <laughs> Rodney had to work on that fucking bus so much. <laughs> yeah, father, man. <laughs> I love Rodney. I miss him so much. I miss all those guys so much. Really. Yeah, they're very good people. Some of the was, best guys. Was Grant still in the band when he used to go out on the road with him? Yeah. Grant was in it. I love Grant, too. Me Grant, too. I haven't seen him in a long time. Producer whiz now as oh, well. Man, man. One of the best fucking drummers. Uh, he is. Dude, he fucking is, man. He, he is also one of the best guitar players, which is a little known fact, too. Yeah, I knew he played guitar. I just never seen him play guitar. I, I may have on the tours. I don't really recall it. I can't remember. Now he's not gonna like sit down and like melt your face off, but yeah. he can like compose riffs like nobody's business because he's fucking. He has perfect pitch, and he whatever he hears in his head, he just knows how to play on guitar yeah. automatically. He's a fucking, he's a fucking prodigy, man. <laughs> he is, dude. I love that guy so much. Love him. Everyone like the tours that went on with you know everybody in the whole tour package would just be standing on stage watching him. Watching I mean, him. Yeah. I mean, the whole band's very talented. So, like, you know, Jack, Ronnie, everybody's very talented. But, like, watching Grant was always such a good time. But I feel like that's that's another thing about the Lancaster scene. It's like, yeah. it's, 
the drummers. Yeah. It's Ad- Adam Gray, Matt Griner, and then Grant. And it's like, wh- wh- how are you all fucking? Yeah. <laughs> how does that happen? You're all from the same town. Stop. You're all from the same town. Are you guys related? <laughs> Man, what is in the water? Jesus. Dude, there's something in the water in that fucking town. Amish <laughs> people. It's insane. There, yeah, but Grant Grant was really fun to pl- uh, fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, he was. All his little stick tricks and everything, getting a little flashy up there. <laughs> yeah. man. What a guy. He nailed it every time. <laughs> so through the years of like Texas and July, um, how was it like before like JT came in the band? Was it a lot of strain? Oh, what was the vocalist's name again? I'm sorry. Yeah. How, what is it? Alex. Alex. Was it a lot for him being so young? Um, feel like, or did he like? Probably, I yeah. think that. Uh, I think that with Alex, it was one of those things, and and I don't know for sure, so I, I don't want to like, Talk I don't like, you know, put words in his mouth. But I I think that what happened was, the band started to get popular while he was young, yeah, and the opportunity fell in his lap, and he was like, well, I'll just go for it, I guess. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, and then the more time we spent on the road, the more he realized that it probably wasn't for him. Yeah. I think that he probably realistically probably stuck it out at least a year longer than he actually wanted to be there. And for for all of us, not even for himself. Wow. Um, it, and and ar- around the time that he came to us and told us he was leaving the band, we, we I mean, we, we knew we it. We all knew it. Yeah, right. We knew it was coming. Uh, and it was at the point of like, do we have to have a conversation with him about it? Or like is, and then he like would come to us and say like, you know, like I'm, I'm just done after this next tour. Um, yeah. So we saw it coming, um, which sucks, but it was yeah. like, we don't want you to feel like you have to show up and go on tour if you're not going to enjoy it. Cause it just, it doesn't benefit anybody. No, no, it doesn't. And it's no. like, you, you want your boy to be happy. Exactly. You're not happy. You're miserable. The fans aren't getting the show they deserve. And yeah. it's you're barely even having fun hanging out outside of the show itself because you would rather be at home. And that's just not fair to anybody. No. It, so um, there, there was no hard feelings when, you know, like we're still best friends. I still talk oh, really? to. That's great. We, we all still talk on almost a daily basis. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Zero bad blood there at all. No, that's good. Yeah. I never heard about any bad blood or anything. I just remember he he ended up quitting, and you guys had JT. How did you find JT? Which I love him. Oh, JT is a he is a legend, man. Yeah, he is, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, JT is another Maryland guy. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. He, he's from Annapolis, and mm-hmm. I guess he Annapolis, had, yeah. He tried out for my buddy's band. Okay. And I remember them showing me a demo he did, and being like, "Oh yeah, that dude's voice is really good," but. I didn't think anything of it at the time. Yeah. And, uh, we, we had looked into a couple different options for Texas and gotten some like demos from people that were okay, but they didn't blow us away. <clears throat> and I happened to be riding in a car with my friend who knew JT at the time. And I was like, what was that guy's name again? And he, <laughs> he pulled JT up on YouTube, like one of his YouTube covers he was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And he showed it to me. And I was like, give me his number immediately. I'm yeah. calling. I need to call this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I called him or texted him, but I was like, Hey man, my name's Chris Davis. I play in the band, uh, Texas in July. Uh, we're looking for a new singer. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to, uh, like record covers of a couple of our songs and send them our way. 
And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And like an hour later, he had sent me two covers that like fucking blew me away. Like they were like that quick, that quick. He learned them (laughs) them in an hour and sent them to me and blew me away. And I immediately sent it to management and the label and the guys and said, this is him. This is our guy. Yeah. We cannot pass him up. (laughs) I'm like, this is our guy. Yeah. Yeah. So insane. Right away. Mm -hmm. And then obviously meeting him he's like a, he's a giant fucking teddy bear he is <laughs> uh, the best um he he was very green at the time he, yeah. had, he only played like five shows prior to that oh wow and the first tour we were taking him out on was warp tour <laughs> uh, so we we really threw him come to the on <laughs> yeah well we we were in a box that's, yeah yeah i mean uh, and uh that's, that's just so good how the timing worked we were trying him and one other guy out the other guy did like a short two-week run Mm -hmm. then jt did two weeks of warp tour with us yeah uh it was was a bit hit or miss his good days were good and his bad days were rough (laughs) and and i think that he would tell you the same thing yeah Uh, yeah he'd be honest about it (laughs) one day in florida jt is a swimmer used to be a competitive swimmer oh wow and no clue one day crazy oh yeah I guess at one point in his life, he fucking used to compete against Michael Phelps, too, which is like... No what? Big... Okay. Yeah. So, J- JT's a bit of a badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit of badass. <laughs> uh, so, one of the dates in Warped Tour, I don't remember exactly where it was, it was right next to a community pool, mm-hmm. and went and laid by the pool and went swimming, and then went and got in a hot shower and passed out in the shower. Somebody found him unconscious on the floor. What? So, they rushed him to the medic tent at Warped Tour, and uh had him hooked up to an iv and shit wow. and like five minutes before we're walking on stage he comes to me and he goes dude i have no voice and would try to scream and literally a whisper would come out holy shit like, dude well uh guess we're playing instrumental today and you need to go back <laughs> to the van and not speak to anybody for the rest of the day yeah yeah dude. And so that day he almost got flown home but after that he redeemed himself so <laughs> So he only, after like a day of rest or so, he was fine. He was good the next day, but that day was like, and I, JT's like the kind of guy, like when he screams, it's literally, it's like fucking ear shattering how loud it is. Yeah. You can tell. Try to scream and for it to be like an actual whisper was scary. Oh (laughs) man. And how far into the, into war tour were you guys Uh, at that point? You think probably only like a weekend. Cause we only did the last (laughs) that year. Okay. All right. And, and so we were only half that, that little run, but, uh, we were already like, fuck, well, are we going to have to like send him home and fly somebody out? Like, how do we do this now? Yeah, really though. Luckily next day he got it back together, but, um, but yeah, so we had to do, do a two week run and then JT did warp tour. We took the other guys for a two week run in Europe. Okay. And, and then after that, we were like, okay, well, JT's definitely our guy. Yeah. Yeah. You realized yeah. it then. You were like kind of, I guess, giving this other guy a shot too at the same time. Yeah, yeah. They they were both they were both in the runnings, and uh, JT JT definitely voice wise blew him out of the water. But hmm. uh, the other guy was a little bit more experienced with perf- the performing side of things, so we were seeing which one was the better option. Yeah, and uh, we had already booked the European flights before Warp Tour, so we we just had to roll with that guy, give him one more shot. Yeah. Then- after that it was like it was obvious that jt was just our guy yeah 
Yeah, I think that was the right decision for sure. Oh, absolutely, it was. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like Texas in July was. So it was. It was JT's like first real band. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's. Yeah, he had been in one local band prior to Texas. Yeah, and that's it. And that was it. Wow, that's fucking nuts, man. Throw him to the wolves with, with warped. <laughs> right after that, well, not right after that, a couple months after that, uh-huh. uh, the Devil Wears Prada, Ghost Inside, in volumes. Ghost Inside being his favorite band. Oh, dude. God. We put him in the studio to write a record. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, here you go, man, giving you everything. <laughs> Hope you're ready because you don't have a choice. Yeah, well, you, you... <laughs> Yeah, you have no choice, JT. <laughs> yeah, we threw a lot at him at one time. Yeah. Do you remember any uh, crazy tour pranks back then? We had someone ask that in the chat. Crazy tour pranks? Um, no, our band wasn't really a tour prank band, but I can yeah. tell you, I can tell you something that happened to JT as a tour prank. Oh, uh, good. By the Ghost Inside guys. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> Uh, the last day of that Prada Devil Wears, uh, Prada Ghost Inside tour we did. Yeah. JT was going up and doing Chrono with them every night. Oh, that's fucking dope. I love that song. Right when uh, JT was coming out the last night, he, JT was walking on stage in just his underwear with like a bottle stuffed in his pants. What? Like, I don't know. He was, <laughs> he was trying to prank them. Yeah. <laughs> But they reversed it on him because they had already planned that when JT came out, as soon as his first vocal was going to come in, they all stopped. They oh all stopped playing. And they all started looking at him like, dude, what are you doing? Wow. But instead, JT, <laughs> like a boss, just screamed the entire section anyway without any music and then walked off stage. <laughs> so they, he tried to prank them. They reversed it. And then he reversed their reverse on them. It was the most dude. prank I've ever seen in my life. Is there a video of that anywhere? There's that on YouTube somewhere. There's got to be. Someone find that. Thank you. (laughs) We got to watch that later. Just on the internet. Yeah. That is is incredible. Because anyone else, for the most part, would have stopped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, any, anybody else on the planet would have been embarrassed and like, and he was just like, well, I'm here. I'm just going. I'm doing it. (laughs) And then I'm going to walk off stage. love that they were planning they were like oh we're gonna fuck with him he's gonna come up and we're just gonna stop playing and he's gonna be so embarrassed and he was like not only am i not embarrassed but i'm also in my underwear and i still don't give a fuck yeah <laughs> he seems like the type of guy that just like would not give a fuck he's just down for anything that'll make anybody laugh he's down for the yeah. story no matter what it is to get the story he's down to do it that is that's fucking great yeah that, that was that was probably the talk of the tour <laughs> james paul James Paul. James Paul definitely remembers that. <laughs> the oh. Jim really. <laughs> remembers pranking JT half naked on stage in Toronto, I believe it was. I know exactly what story. Yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking gold, dude. That is gold. <laughs> oh, my God. So when he joined the band, did you guys face any backlash from that? Um, No. Surprisingly, so uh, I don't remember. It was, if there was any, it wasn't a, as huge as maybe we thought it was going to be within our band. Mm. Uh, we, we had a weird dynamic where, like, you know, your front man is usually your, like, rock star in the band. Yeah, it's always the thing. Not that people didn't, <laughs> not, 
not that people didn't like Alex, but like Adam, Adam was always that guy in our band. Our drummer was always that guy. True. Guy. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas was always like Adam, Adam. <laughs> yeah. It was the appeal to our band. So yeah. we lucked out in the sense that like we might be one of the only bands in the world where we could replace pretty much any member in the band. As long as it wasn't our drummer, we'd be okay. Yeah, he has to stay in. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I'm sure there were definitely some people who were a little uh, disappointed, obviously, that, you know, have been following the band since the beginning because yeah. we lose our singer, but we lost our guitar player at the same time. Oh, that is right. I forgot. Yeah, because he, he was having a baby and he just happened to leave the band at the same time. Gotcha. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I think it was a bit of a shock, but I do think that... Uh, JT had not a giant following, but enough of a following on YouTube that um, oh, okay. that that there were enough people that were like, oh, I know who that guy is. That's going to be sick. Yeah. And it actually worked in our favor. That's dope. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I, once people heard the first bit of recorded music he was on, too, they were like, oh, okay, we're, the band's going to be fine. Yeah, dude. I mean, when I heard it, I was like, oh, this dude's fucking, this dude's great. He's perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he's so That fucking rules definitely when blood work came out i was a big big fan of it and i even went back i haven't listened to it in years so i went back and listened to it today and it still stands up oh dude thank you man yeah. i'm i'm super 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 proud of that record it's a great fucking record so thank what you. what um i mean you guys had a great run i mean what made the band kind of stop uh a lot of things. <laughs> a, a lot of, of a lot yeah. of things happened like all at once um and a lot of just like stupid luck uh yeah so, you know we lost alex we lost christian our guitar player we replaced alex with uh jt yeah we wrote the record uh and then i had my buddy cameron uh play guitar for us who was in my old local band oh cool and we were starting to like pick up steam again the record had like the best first week numbers we had had as a band uh it, it just felt like the songs were connecting like the first tour we did on it when it was out like kids were already singing along for the and it was the first time we were experiencing a lot of this where like oh. you know those moments where you hold out a mic and it's like the whole room singing the, the lyrics uh, yeah first time in our band's history like we were starting to actually experience those things we we had lots of awkward moments where alex would hold out the mic and like one guy all the way in the back of the room would the words, and that's it. <laughs> we had lots of those moments yeah 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 so the record was like starting to take off well for us you know for for our band it felt like it was starting to take off yeah and then uh and then we found out that our new guitar player was uh was also having a baby and leaving the band oh fuck um, and that was while we were, we were on a short run with uh within the ruins we were doing like a co co-headline run with them it was yeah. like supposed to go it was like going through the midwest and like hitting western canada and coming back around yeah uh we got two shows in and we broke down in broadus montana and you will never know where that is because the population of the town is 500 people <laughs> um, what a town that breakdown in dude our transmission went out um the week of thanksgiving it was like two days before thanksgiving or something like that yeah in the middle of a snowstorm <laughs> we're stuck in broadus for like a week broadus. until until they can tow us to the next uh town over where we can actually get a transmission oh, uh, and while we're stuck in that town uh, is when we find out our guitar player is leaving the band uh oh, man. 
uh, we had a Canadian photographer out with us at the time, uh, Joel Pilot. Mm -hmm. And my guys were at a bar with him one night and a bunch of drunk rednecks heard his Canadian accent and started making fun of him. Oh my so God. My, left the bar to go back to the hotel to avoid, uh, you know, any, yeah. any, any confrontation. And uh, as soon as they walked outside, the, the rednecks like jumped all of my guys. So they all got away except for my bass player who then got his ass beat, like got beat up pretty bad. Uh, wow. So we get towed to the next town the next day, stuck there for another week. <laughs> Well, while they actually replace our transmission. Okay, so now we're, we are we had to borrow money from the label to pay for the transmission. For sure. It's a few thousand. Easy. Yeah. And we had just started the tour. Like, we didn't have the money. And so we're like, all right, broke down. Guitar player's leaving. Bass player got jumped. Uh, borrowing money from the label. Okay. Now, now we're back on the road. Mm -hmm. It's a 20 hour drive through a, a blizzard to meet up with the tour. Oh my fucking God, man. In the middle of the drive, our drummer starts having, Adam starts having serious chest pains. And so we're, we're pulling over like every hour or so for him to like get out and like walk around and like catch his breath and whatever. Yeah. And uh, so we make it into Canada. Uh -huh. we, lo we load into the first show. Um, and then he's like, Guys, my chest hurts too bad. Like, I, I feel like I need to go to the hospital just to get checked out, just to be sure. Wow. That's so he scary. Goes, they hook him up to a bunch of shit. And they're like, yeah, we're not sure what's going on, but there's definitely, you're definitely having some sort of issues with your heart. Uh, we don't suggest that you play tonight, but we can't stop you. And they let him go. And he showed up and played the show, but looked like he was dying. Like, I was constantly turning around, looking at him, being like, you going to... Are you gonna make it? Like, do we need to Should cut? Should we something? just cut? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing here? Uh-huh. Uh, powered through. Uh, we drove to the show the next day, loaded in again, and he was like, I need to go to the hospital again. Oh my god, dude. That hospital was like, they shouldn't have let you uh they shouldn't have let you out of the hospital yesterday. Uh you you're like there I forget exactly what it is, but he's like he has a deformation in one of the valves to his heart or something. And his heart basically wasn't firing correctly. And it probably been doing that all his life, but it just like now it's starting to yeah. Start. Uh and so we canceled the show that night and we had to drop the rest of the tour and drive home straight away. Damn. And, and so at that point we we're like, all right, well, what the fuck do we do? He started seeing specialists at home and uh we yeah, the band was just in limbo at that point already. And so we we had to drop a European tour that we had like a couple weeks later. Mm -hmm. And found out that our guitar player wasn't going to finish out any of the like shows that he had committed to with us that he was just once we got home he was done with the band he and he was, he was moving uh wow. and then that's when we were just sort of like is like the universe just telling us that like this is just uh we need us yeah maybe the band's run its course and before it turns into like before it completely fizzles out like maybe we just call it a day yeah and, and that's just ultimately what we ended up deciding Wow. Just, just so many things one after another. Yeah, it, it can do that to a band, man. It, it's yeah. unfortunately, it sucks so much. Yeah, I, I thought, I, I, we thought when Alex and Christian were leaving the band that maybe that was when we were done. Like, we actually had conversations of like, do we just change the name of the band and try to start something new? Do something different, yeah. Then we found JT, and then we wrote a record that we were like super proud of. And we're like, oh. It's fucking, fuck. yeah. Great record. <laughs> overcame the situation big time yeah you like, did psych and, uh, 
it fucking threw an entire shitstorm at us. Was that the first tour you guys did on the new record on Bloodborne? That was only the second tour, I think. Oh man. We we did a couple that were like, I guess not in support of the record, but like, you know, we had released a couple singles and we were like preparing up for the release. But like after the record came out, we did uh after the burial headliner. And I think the next thing we were doing was this tour with uh within the ruins yeah i so i think we only did like three or four tours on that record because we did like two more after that and then we did the the farewell tour which i didn't even get to do with the band oh you didn't no so that was happening at the same time that the locals only tour was going on the so i was supposed to do the locals only tour with tgi the last two weeks of the texas run and finish and we never made it there wow shit yeah so that was so when texas was coming came to an end there was that when you um got with the ghost inside or were you getting with the ghost inside like kind of prior to that or like uh uh, filling in for him at least there there was there was crossover um yeah because i knew that the i knew that texas was coming to an end uh hadn't been made a public uh hadn't been made public knowledge yet but we were already having the conversations behind the scene and so yeah tgi guys played in baltimore mm-hmm. on a headline tour uh like december of 2014 i guess okay and then the next day was the last day of the tour and they had let me know that uh that that next show was going to be aaron's last show in the band uh oh okay i, I just threw out there as like you know i don't I really don't think Texas is going to be doing much next year. Like, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of downtime. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys have somebody in mind already, but like, if you need somebody to fill in, I'd be more than happy to come out and play some shows with you guys. Cause uh, like I said, otherwise I'll probably just be sitting at home trying to like figure out to do for like a real job. And, you know, I'd much rather be playing music with my friends for sure. Yeah. Somebody like I'm more than happy to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then maybe a month or two later, Jim called me and said, Hey, we'd love to have you come out. Uh, and at that point we had told our management, Texas had told management that the band was going to be, be done, but we had committed to doing, uh, we did a Gideon headliner in May of 2015. Oh, okay. We did a farewell European run in like June or July or something. And then we did the, the farewell us tour happened in the fall. Wow. Okay. Basically, for a minute there, like my first TGI tour was a full US run with TGI, immediately to Europe for um, the Empiricon Festival run. Oh, okay. It was that. Yeah. Flew home from Europe, had less than 24 hours at home, and immediately went out with Texas for like three weeks on that Gideon run. And then was home for like a month and then went back out with TGI in Europe. And then I stayed, I'm remembering all of this right now. <laughs> Two weeks in uh, Europe with TGI doing all the like the festival, like the Rock'em Ring, Rock'em Park, Download Festival, all that stuff. Yeah, all the fucking great fests. <laughs> and uh, then the Texas run, farewell run in Europe started like three days after that. So I just flew to Amsterdam and stayed in a hotel room by myself for three days until the, <laughs> until the Texas guys showed up. And then I did two more weeks in Europe with Texas. Damn. Like 2015 up until the accident was like the busiest year of my life. It's fucking wild. A yep. lot, lot of touring. Yep. A lot of traveling. I, I love that shit, though. That's, that's yeah. like, I miss yeah. it, man. Yeah, you didn't mind doing that. No, no. Was it an adjustment um, playing with a band like The Ghost Inside? Uh, 
if I'm being completely honest, it was a relief in a lot of ways. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> you know, on, on the playing front, the songs are quite a bit simpler. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that, like, it's not just fucking noodling everywhere, you exactly, know? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I still, I love playing it just as much as I love playing the Texas stuff, but I don't have to, like, stress about, oh, I need an hour to warm up before the show tonight. Like, yeah. like it comes up and I have to, like, walk right on stage for a Ghost Inside set, like, I'll be okay. But that, yeah. I can't do that playing a Texas show. I just can't. Yeah, so, you have to practice at least an hour before warm up. Uh, so uh so in that sense it was it was a bit of relief and also <clears throat> especially towards the end like especially in the blood work era mm-hmm. our, our bass player in texas was also like our business guy kind of like jim is with with tgi but yeah when in uh in the blood work era we had switched management and him and i were kind of double teaming the business stuff together and uh and so being able to walk into a situation where it's like Jim Jim's a grown-ass dude you know like I know that I don't have like he's gonna don't tell worry me about shit he's gonna tell me when and where I need to be somewhere and like he knows exactly where we're gonna be staying tonight and it's like I can just hang out and have fun and like just play the show I don't have to worry about anything else yeah you don't a giant relief too it was the first time I'd ever been on tour where I didn't feel like I had to like partially steer the ship I just had to enjoy my time yeah that's it it was it was it was nice yes that's, that's definitely a nice adjustment yeah I, I de- it definitely didn't suck <laughs> no no definitely not yeah because i like i i've known the ghost inside since their first record right and then i moved out to like la uh end of 2009 and i started working for the label that they were on and uh media i was scare? yeah media scare i worked there for a couple years um that was a um roller coaster mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I don't know anything about the label other yeah. than what, what I've heard. Yeah. With what you're saying. Yeah. But it dude, but it was kind of like, it was definitely a roller coaster, but at the same time it was fun because it was sure. like all these bands that I'm like such a fan of, especially ghost inside. How many great records came out of media scale? So many, so, so fucking many. And, uh, just seeing like how hard they worked and how much, they were pushing the band to like get better and just keep touring and just, you know, and, and they were, they were starting to get all the tours that they fucking deserved. You know, I remember when they went to Europe or uh, Australia for the first time and shit like that, like they just started blowing up and I was just like, this is, this is fucking sick. And yeah. just remember like picking them up from the airport in my old ass car and all this shit, you know, <laughs> coming home from like Europe or some shit. It was just like awesome, you know. They're all fucking cool ass dudes, and it was it was great to see it, you know. And then when I was at the, you know, when I was still there, and they were leaving the label, you know, it was kind of like I I wasn't like mad at them or anything. I was just like, fuck, I'm gonna miss this band. But right. then, like shortly even after that, that's when I left the label. I was like, I can't deal with this shit anymore, right? And right. at the time, I was still a booking agent. I was still doing that stuff, booking tours, and I was like, booking. What's that? the label and booking at the yeah, same time. Yeah. I kind of like slimmed down my roster at that time, but I was still actively booking tours. I had Ghost Inside on a tour years ago. It had to be like 2000 and fuck man, 7 or 8. I had them on a tour with The Breathing Process. Um this band called From Graves of Valor. It was a really mixed metal tour and somebody else and I can't it'll come to me later, but I think trying to remember i i remember ghost inside couldn't do the whole run it ended up being they only could do like a few shows at the end of it 
But like I, that was like right when they came out with their first record. And that's when I found out about them. And uh, I was just like fucking hooked from there. I, I, uh, I, I admittedly, I, I mean, I've told the guys this and I've, I even said it on <laughs> before, but like, I, I knew of the band when Fury came out because so many of my friends were like raving about them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I heard Returners that I was like, oh, this, Dude, man. this band is like, okay, this is a band to fucking watch. And then I, then I went back and discovered how awesome Fury was, but Fury's great. Yeah. Returners is the record that hooked me like immediately. Yeah. It's a great record. I remember when they did it, they, you know, I can't remember the singer from Sleeping Giants name. I'm really bad oh. at names. What is it? Tommy. Tommy loved his fucking part in that song. And it, yep. it's incredible. And then um, Brandon from Betrayal. Betrayal were dudes that like um, I hung out with like every fucking day. I lived in California. <laughs> we were like always hanging out. And it's funny to tell people about Betrayal and like Andrew the bassist because that's Shakewell. Right. So when people are like, wait, when I would tell like friends of mine, you know who that is, right? Like, right. Who? I'm like, that's Andrew from Betrayal. They're like, what do you mean? He, he, that dude was in Betrayal. I'm like, that's the bassist of Betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I love his rap shit too because I remember when he was in Betrayal, he was recording his shit too then. And I remember hearing it then and me and Baron from Mediascope were always like, yo, you are fucking good. Right. Like, you are good. But anyway, but like when Brendan did his part and like, and then fucking Matt Brusso from Barrier Dead. Yeah, that, I mean, that part's fucking legendary now. Legendary, dude. You cannot, I don't know. That record is incredible. Yes. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's fucking great. It's, it's, it's a, good, a record. good record. It's, yeah. uh, I, I still, uh, lots of times well i guess not lots of times anymore but there would be times where we'd be on tour and i'd and we'd be playing songs from that record on stage and be like man like i still remember where i was when i heard this record for the first time and now Same. i'm like in like fucking germany playing these songs on playing. stage with you. it's pretty <laughs> fun it's pretty fucking surreal dude that has to be that yeah. seriously has to be definitely one of the most influential bands i i love tgi so much i'm like a fucking fanboy big 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 <laughs> fanboy of the band <laughs> guys i guess yeah they're all right jim's okay vigils you know he's whatever and <laughs> nerd playing video games yeah. all the- i love andrew and andrew and i like i've known andrew since for the fallen dreams because i used to book them before they signed the rise okay okay they, i don't know if you ever heard those old for the fallen dreams oh, oh yeah demos. <laughs> he showed me all the goods about from where the band started to where they, it ended. yeah Andrew would always send me. He, I remember hearing like changes, like pre-pro of those songs, because Andrew would send them to me. Like, Dan, what do you think about this? And I'm like, you're so fucking good at guitar. What the fuck, man? <laughs> right? Yeah. Dude, he's so talented. It's like it sucks when the best guitar player in your band is your. <laughs> stop it. Stop. Stop. Stop yeah. making it so hard for me. <laughs> I know. I fucking love him. He's the best man. Yeah. So when he got in Ghost Inside, I was like, dude, yes, Andrew's in the band now. This is wild. <laughs> I remember even as a fan seeing it on like Lamb Goat that he had joined the band. And I was like, oh, that's a fucking perfect. And that's before I knew anything about him. Like, I didn't realize that he was like writing the majority of those stuff for, for the Fallen Dreams. It's just like, oh, yeah. his drum with the Ghost Inside is just going to be fucking sick. Oh, yeah. And just watching him play every night. Or yep. every show I saw that band at was always a good time. I just always love watching Andrew play. Oh, he's so good. 
Like I'm a guitarist, but I seriously love. I watch like drum playthroughs and all that shit way more. <laughs> Guitar playthroughs. When I go to shows, I nine yeah. nine time i'm watching the drummer yeah i'm just like looking at the drummer like the whole time I'm like all right he's sick oh he's sick you know <laughs> just whatever critiquing I'm him way more blown away by a like a sick drummer than i am like a sick guitar player <laughs> is that weird <laughs> well i feel like i feel like well i know yeah a drummer can make or break a band oh, like dude yes you have to have a good drummer yeah if your drummer isn't good everybody else in your band shredding at what they do doesn't matter and so to me, it's like, I'm so much more impressed seeing a band that has a solid ass drummer mm-hmm. than a, can like s- play a sweep arpeggio. Like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. I don't give a shit, man. It <laughs> is cool. But if your drummer sucks while you're sweeping, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, dude. I, I, I always watch drummers because I'm like way more impressed by that kind of stuff. Oh, me too. Because I'm always, I've always been like, I wish I could play drums. I wish I pursued that. <laughs> I started as a drummer, which is probably part of my obsession with drums too. But yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, even as I've gone through the phases of like being obsessed with different types of guitar playing, like the shreddy stuff and the like the more straightforward rock stuff and whatever, like I've still always been obsessed with with drummers live. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, they're like the most entertaining people to watch. They really are, man. Especially when like they're really fucking good drummers. It's like, dude, I can't look away exactly that, that was like the same going back to like grant watching him every night on tour it was just like fucking amazing yep you know yep. it was awesome when i used to go see texas play before i joined the band oh, i yeah. would watch adam the entire time <laughs> that's yeah. it's awesome yep so um obviously you know i'm gonna bring this up but this was a crazy time i remember getting texted about it when you guys got into that accident Yep. That had to be, I mean, I don't even know. I've been in a van accident before, but it was not anything on that scale. The van accident I was in, our merch guy was driving and um, fell asleep and, uh, and hit the guardrail uh, and then woke up yep. and then pulled over. So thankfully the guardrail was there because if it wasn't, it was like a slant down right. and it would have been way fucking worse. Fuck that. Yeah. So I, this, but when I heard about this, because that was what tour was that on? Uh, it was the locals only tour that the, the underplace were doing. Yeah, it was that tour, and that was like because it was in like West Texas. It happened, right? It was. We were leaving. If I, I remember, we were leaving Lubbock. Lubbock, that's what it was. Lubbock, and we were heading to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it happened. We I think we were like forty miles outside of El Paso when it happened. That's right remember correctly yeah um yeah that it it was nuts man i mean you know like there's there's no other words it it felt like uh even even in the moments like directly after and and i feel like the adrenaline of the situation and the shock of the situation i still feel like i have like a somewhat cloudy memory of like how things happened or in what orders they happened yeah like or like who said what you know like for uh, sure um but I, it, it felt like I was living out a, like a, some sort of like disaster scene from like a Michael Bay movie or something. Yeah. Like, that's what the scene like looked, looked like, right? Out of the bus. Yeah. It looked like you were like on a movie set, maybe. It, it didn't, it didn't feel real. I can't. Like, it, it didn't, it didn't sink in until like later that night, like just how serious it was. Wow. Yeah. 
I, I like specifically remember so Jim so when when the bus finally stopped mm-hmm. laid there for a couple seconds I was like waiting to hear a bus driver yell back to like check on us because I you know I again I'm I've like been on those buses before yeah half asleep I didn't realize how severe the accident was um and so I'm like waiting to hear him I don't hear him after a while so I'm like okay well I have to get out of my bunk mm-hmm. like pull myself through a little hole because the bunks from the other side of the bus collapsed on my side so I like get myself out oh what the fuck out the back window and I could see Jim like walking in the middle of the street in his underwear like trying to figure out what happened yeah yeah and uh our drum tech gets out of his bunk and he's like pretty much okay and he like carries me out the back window and like sits me on the remains of what i now know is the trailer the semi was pulling uh-huh. and I, I remember turning to jim and going is greg okay our driver and like even still in that moment i'm like i've seen the chaos in the bus yeah yeah outside of the bus i like now know that my foot is like badly broken and still in my mind i'm like yeah but is greg okay yeah I I couldn't process like what had well, your whole well, body's in shock, right? You're probably not even feeling that pain at the moment. Oh, I wasn't then, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. Jesus, man, that yeah, I remember like getting that text and just being like, "Wait, there's no way, no fucking way that happened." Yeah, and everyone just obviously panicking. Yeah, to find it, out who's okay, you know, is everyone okay? This, this, and that, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just like. Yeah, that was the hard part, too, because uh, those of us who were conscious um, were trying to get a hold of family and stuff. Yeah, uh, to tell everybody. But we were in the middle of a dead zone. And there were a couple people who would stop and get out of their cars to come try to help us. Um, Yeah. And and every time somebody would come up and be like, like, please, can I just use your phone to call my fiance? Not my wife, but like, can, can I please call her and just tell her, like, we were in an accident but I'm okay. Everybody's okay. like, I just want to call. And he was like, I would love to man, but there's just like no service here. So uh, Zach's mom had a voicemail from somebody that stopped to help. And Zach said, can you please go call my mom and tell her I'm okay. But he had to drive like 20 minutes in one direction just to be able to call Zach's mom and then call for help. So you guys couldn't even like call from help, we, call we for help. So somebody had to drive like far in order to get reception to be able to make that phone call. Isn't that fucking scary that there isn't like reception fucking everywhere? It's horrifying, especially in a situation like that. And especially, I guess that that stretch of road is like notorious for these types of situations. It's a two lane road, right? It's a two lane road. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. It's that- scary fucking roads, dude. I mean, especially when you've got big ass vehicles like that traveling on it. Yeah. You got fucking semis and shit like on these little two lane roads. It's it's yeah. it was it was shot like i guess when somebody called it in they originally called it in as a rv tipped over which i guess happens on that that stretch of road pretty often so they sent uh they sent first responders expecting a rv they didn't realize it was a semi and a tour bus with 10 people in it so they uh had to call in for backup after that too yeah jesus It, it felt like we were sitting there for it felt like i sat next to the bus mm-hmm. for an entire day before I like got help because it, it just took it. Obviously it wasn't that long, but it felt like it was it that felt long. that long. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, man. That had, yeah. I can't even imagine what you and the guys went through. I mean, 
it's luckily everyone recovered, but the recovering process, especially for like Zach, I remember Vigil, uh, obviously Andrew was fucking hard. I just remember always reading like, you know, Zach's updates. It was like one surgery after the other, just constantly surgeries. Uh, Andrew's injuries are obviously the most for se sure severe when you, when you're looking at him, you're like, Oh, I know what happened to him. I can see it. Yes. And, and I'm not belittling his injuries in any way by no. saying, but, uh, while his were the worst immediately obvious injuries, like I think that Zach had, Zach had obviously had that he had the most surgeries out of any of us. Cause it was like one thing, like they would treat one thing. Yeah. And a complication with it they'd have to do another and then visual visual had a very similar situation where like i noticed you know, that you have a procedure done mm -hmm. and then like oh well now your body's rejecting the screws so now we need to do it over again and yeah. then uh, that you remember where the screws got rejected now you have a bad infection and now you have to have a pick line and like constant antibiotics all day long and it's like those two dealt with the most like consistent complications for forever i mean i think zach had hit a surgery maybe less than a year before we played the shrine yeah sounds surgery. about right it was like one thing after another man did he have like 10 surgeries i mean i think it was 16 or something like that or it was, <laughs> it was or it was yeah i think it was 16 or something crazy like that that's wild like the only i when i was younger when i was 13 i got hit by a car yep. and i broke my femur i fractured my left knee i broke my pelvis almost broke my back um, wow. It was fucked. So I had like screws in my leg and all that shit. I had two screws in my knee. So that's crazy that like his like vigil was his, his, he was rejecting the screws. Yep. Yeah. He, he got in the shower one day and yeah. got out and like, he like, as he was looking down, noticed that he saw something shiny and it was just a, a screw poking out of his ankle. Oh, like it was like actually reject, like unscrewing the screw from his body. Yeah. Oh my God, man. So, I it's I, can't, such, I can't even imagine <laughs> like me knowing i had screws in me but like if i saw it like poking out I would, oh god i'd probably pass out <laughs> i i have a bunch of plates and screws and stuff in my ankles and my feet too <clears throat> uh, yeah if i would have saw them sticking out of my foot i would have had a full-blown panic attack oh for sure so what did you break you broke your leg uh both ankles and my right foot holy uh, fuck both ankles my right foot being uh, the worst of it, yeah. uh, a midfoot fracture. Okay. Called a list frank fracture, and you, you it normally happens from your foot folding in half, which is probably what happened when I slammed forward in the bus. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's obviously what happened. <laughs> so, um, and the scary thing about that was, is the doctors in El Paso were like, "Yeah, we just don't have anybody here qualified to do that type of surgery for you." And That's I was right, yeah fuck me man like <laughs> what do you mean nobody here can do that kind of surgery what do like, i do <laughs> who can then you know can you uh, call somebody <laughs> so so call i was someone in yeah please yeah. Uh, so i was i was the first one to leave texas be because of that reason uh because oh. uh because nobody there could treat me i had to get back home to find a doctor here in maryland who could so wait, like uh, no one in like Texas or was it just make made sense for you to just go back to Maryland? It was, it was, I have, I was going to have to fly somewhere anyway. Yeah. So, so might as well go back home. Right. Um, and, and I guess we have a lot of, uh, doctors in this area that specialize in like foot and ankle, uh, surgeries too. So it just made oh. sense. For me. 
Okay, that's that's crazy. And then even when I got back here, mm-hmm. I saw one doctor who said, "Oh yeah, this is." He basically said, "This is above my pay grade." And and at that point, and that guy had come recommended to me by a family friend, and so I was like, "I'm gonna lose my foot, man! Like I'm gonna lose my foot." Oh, and luckily, he referred me to another doctor that was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a serious procedure, uh, and it might require multiple surgeries because your foot, my foot was so swollen, it might." Uh-huh this big jesus man and uh they thought they thought what they were gonna do was go in and uh clean out bone fragment from my left ankle and maybe put my right foot in traction and with like uh they were like cut little incisions in my foot to let it drain out and like yeah shrink shrink yeah they were worried about compartment syndrome which is like when there's so much swelling that it cuts off circulations to your your muscles and your ligaments and so they die and they can it can literally make your toes curl up like this and then they have to like put they have to put rods in your toes and so that's what they were worried about they were worried that if they go in and the, if they went in and tried to operate on my foot then that i would end up with compartments and they wouldn't be able to close me back up and so they were like we're gonna try but you might wake up with your foot in traction we don't know and so when i woke up from the surgery i was like did they get my foot? And they're like, yeah, we got, we got your foot too. You're good. I was like, thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was so convinced up until that point that I was going to lose my foot. I, I, I would have been convinced too. I would have been like, yeah, I, I, I'm not getting my foot back. <laughs> um, this is it. Yeah. And then, so uh, about a year after all of that, um, after I was done physical therapy and all of that, uh, yeah. I started, I was like, I don't know. Actually, it was probably only like five months later. I was like up on my feet, walking stuff again, got yeah. married, all that good stuff. But I was having like insane pain in my left ankle. And Damn. come to find out it's because my subtalar joint, which is the joint in your ankle that lets you do all your like side to side motion oh, with it, completely yeah. shattered, disintegrated. And so I just had bone rubbing on, bro- on bone. Oh, and so I had to go back in, and now I have two screws through my heel into that joint because now now my foot can go up and down, just can't do any rotating stuff. Which wow. is wow, yeah. Like it's just like so, just I think all of us had lingering stuff that like the doctors thought they fixed in the beginning, and like just random stuff would pop up later. Yeah, that's usually the case. Jim, for instance, we knew like broke his ankle like right away, like that was obvious. But yeah. a couple months later, he started like he like started having a growth on his chin because he had also broken his jaw and no one caught it. And so his jaw was infected. What the fuck? He had like hit his face on the wall or something. Yeah. And, and but his jaw was broken and no one caught it. And so like <sighs> I, everybody like had, you know, not as severe as Zach or vigil, but everybody had little stuff pop up like that constantly. Yeah. Dude. Was, like after months later, months, years. Yeah. Later. Crazy. Fucking insane, man. Can't yep. even, yeah. I can't even imagine being in that situation. We're here, though. You're here. That's all that matters. Yeah. Seeing like just your guys' recovery was obviously amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then even even Andrew, he's being a fucking drummer. Yeah. Um, and seeing him, I remember seeing a video of him starting to do double bass, and I probably watched it about fifty fucking times yep. because I was just so fucking amazed. And it was just like, you know, my hair was like standing up on my arms. I was like about to cry because I was just like, he's going to be able to do this. He's going to get it down. I'm not going to lie to you. Anytime uh, we got sent 
videos of him like his his rehab facility was posting videos about his i remember yeah i followed on facebook <laughs> so i was like i need to see these updates and anytime they'd post one especially ones that showed him playing drums like i'm not gonna lie to you like it fucking fully made me cry yeah you know the the, was... the day that i got the text that they were officially taking his leg i just had decided that in my head that the band was done at that point oh yeah of course and, and uh i would have thought know, the same i i unfortunately in that moment discredited how tough of a person andrew is uh he's a tough son of a bitch and, and <laughs> fully proved me wrong and it was his uh his determination to not let that situation stop him from being him and doing what he loves and it, it was that determination that for me i and i think for all of us but definitely for me yeah kind of made me be like i can't be i can't complain about this i'm here yeah. I have all of my limbs attached to me. Uh, I am healing. Yeah. And I will make it through this. So what am I bitching about? Yeah. No more bitching. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's like, it was Andrew's attitude that pulled me through. Yeah. I mean, dude, he, he, he toughed it out better than probably a lot of others would have. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that even pushed even like Zach and, and Vigil yep. to be like, yeah, I got to keep doing i gotta keep working on this i'm gonna walk again i'm gonna fucking make this happen absolutely absolutely and and i think that all of us had moments where we were like oh i just fucking want to give up but uh oh, andrew, yeah of course everyone's gonna have that moment andrew had those moments too but uh you know i've said this before but thank god for technology because we were able to <laughs> all talk to each other every day and that helped all of us kind of push each other through those moments oh yeah and definitely you know i think Probably when Andrew was able to start doing a little double or just playing, you know, with one leg, it was just like made him determined. Yep. Well, you also know that 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 device that he plays with, his dad made, his right? His dad made, yeah. And do you also know that his dad thought of that the first day in the hospital when they when they found out they were taking his leg? Shut the fuck up. Yep. He thought of it that day. What? Like, envisioned it in his head uh, and didn't do anything with it because he was letting the doctors try to figure out a way to like science the shit out of it basically oh okay and when that wasn't working his dad was like well i i've been thinking of this i didn't want to like push on you or anything but i'm just gonna make it and we'll see how it goes and like if it doesn't work that's fine if you don't want to use it that's fine but i'm just i'm gonna make it like i i feel like as your dad i need to at least try yeah and andrew sat down with it the first time i was like oh my god i can i can play drums with this it's fucking crazy, man. So crazy. His dad is a hero. <laughs> yeah, dude. Has it, has his dad ever made anything like that before? Like, what does his dad do? <laughs> dad worked, I think, at GM for like fucking ever. Oh, but okay. He's always been like a woodworker guy. Mm. And and so he just built it in his like little woodworking shed or garage or whatever. Yeah. It just fucking worked. He just in like had this vision of like, well, if he doesn't have a leg, we have to move his pedal up to his residual limb. Yeah, for him. It, yeah, it's crazy. It's the same thing with like my, my dad's a mechanic and he would literally always find a fucking way to fix like anything on a car. That, that's my dad too. Yeah, yep. really. Yeah, it was just any fucking thing, dude. My friend's cars, my dad's like, I could, I could rig something. I got this. You can't yep. spend the money on the new part. I'll fix the part. And he would just open things up and just be like, okay, what do I need to fix here? Let me weld this. Let me do this. I'm like, you're fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but he never taught me any of that shit because he didn't want me to be a mechanic. <laughs> I, uh, my dad's also a mechanic, and I, yeah. I just never had interest in cars, which I think bummed my dad out. <laughs> <laughs> just not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, cars were, like, growing up, like, my dad and uh, his brother uh, drag raced. So they had cars, you know, always going to the strip, you know, the, the, the strip and whatnot. So I was always around that shit growing up. But right. then, then I got into music and I was like, I don't give a fuck about cars. <laughs> it was basically uh, skateboarding, yeah, baseball, skateboard. really good at baseball. And then it was like, oh, but playing in bands. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I got into like skateboarding. Like I BMX raced for a little bit and then I got hit by the car. I then I started I started riding a bike again like no issue but I didn't go back to BMXing. I remember being in the uh, the morning I woke up in the hospital and I was like I, I said to my dad so how fucked up to my bike he's like you're it's gone I'm like damn it I'm like, can I is literally the morning I woke up and I was like when can I get a new bike he's like can we not talk about that right now I'm like yeah I mean I don't feel anything everything you know I'm numb I don't like. And I remember the doctor came in. I'm like, am I going to be able to walk again? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, I need a bike. <laughs> That's all I cared about. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would have been <laughs> I would have been the same way with skateboarding if I would have gotten, when I was really into it, if I would have gotten that injured at that time, I would have been the same way. Now, it's like, oh, oh, I fell and fucking cracked a nail on my skateboard. <laughs> fucking light that thing on fire. I don't want anything to do with it. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm fucking getting too old for that shit. <laughs> exactly. Never again. I don't even, I, I could ride a skateboard still, but not that well. Uh, I just, my wife just got me one for my birthday this oh, past day. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I like, it was fucking November. So I didn't have any like good weather to ride it in, but I'm, I'm stoked for spring to have a skateboard to like, at least get me out of the house and like push around my neighborhood and get exercise. Yeah. Homie's getting fat over here. <laughs> I feel that I can't, I actually can't wait to get back to Dallas because that's when I'll probably, that's, that's when I'll start kicking back in the gear with going to the fucking gym. <laughs> I say that all the time. I just <laughs> I need, I just need like a week of good weather where I can just like push around my neighborhood for a couple hours. Just yeah. To like some cardio. I just need, it's the act of like starting the, the exercise. Yeah, yeah. Once, once I have a routine, I'm good. Oh yeah. I'm the same way. I, I did have a routine before the pandemic and then gyms closed down for months. And I was like, I hate working out at home but I don't really have any weights at home and every store is sold out of fucking weights and I can't find them online. <laughs> Welcome to a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I was like, screw it. I ain't working out anymore. <laughs> Getting tits. <laughs> yep. That's final. <laughs> so, um, when it came to like writing the new ghost inside record, um, how was that process? Was it uh, pretty exciting? Yeah, it was exciting. We actually started the process before the accident. Oh, uh, no shit. Okay, so you, yeah, all right. We wrote the song, well, I should say Andrew wrote the song, because Andrew did like 99% of the writing for the record, because he's a fucking freak of nature. Wow. <laughs> uh, he, he came to us with a bunch of demos before the accident, and uh, the guys flew out here to Maryland, uh, in my old studio and we we demoed out three of them one of uh two of them being songs that made it to the record oh okay one of them being the song aftermath love that song which is really creepy that's because, creepy yeah because that was before 
already had the working title aftermath and we just kept it and he just randomly named it that for no for no particular reason he just happened to name it aftermath and uh very little about the song changed other than like a few lyrics here and there yeah little tweaks yeah but that i mean it's still like if i if i sent you the demo it's like the same thing the same song yeah yeah and the only thing that was absolutely missing was the clean section with the uh the singing okay he didn't have that then well musically it was there it didn't have musically yeah gotcha like it's just really eerie that 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 song was written prior to everything it is very eerie i had no fucking idea (laughs) but uh but yeah so we started before the accident Mm -hmm. uh then and then we kind of we kind of had a couple like false start scenarios where it's like okay well maybe it's time to make a record so like in 2017 me and andrew flew down to florida and like rented out a a studio at andrew wade's spot and like wrote wrote for 10 days and then after that we're like okay well maybe it's time we start booking studio time and then we're like ah it's we're not ready yet yeah like we did that a couple times uh i flew out to andrew's house in michigan and we we you know i'd be there for like a week or a couple days and we'd write and stuff um but it wasn't until like January of 2019 that we we like pulled out a whiteboard, like me, Vigil, actually all, all five of us were at Andrew's house to write. Oh, and really? We pulled out a whiteboard and we started writing down like all the demos we had. And we we're like, fuck, we have like 14 potential songs here. Like, I think we need to like book studio time for real now. Finally. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah, it, it all, it all kind of just like trickled together over the years after the accident and we like it i almost like we almost didn't realize how much material we actually had until we sat down and like put it all put on it all of- yeah We're like fuck like we have we have a record here yeah <laughs> we kind of just set the pull it all together our, our manager flew out to andrews uh because that's also the time that we started talking about the shrine show mm-hmm. they're playing in the demos and showing them what we had and he's like yeah i think we i think we should probably go ahead and like book some studio time yeah and then, uh, and then when we got uh, Putney in the picture, mm-hmm. we got in a room with him to like start going over pre-pro, which we we did that in May of 2019. We went to Florida uh, with Will and Jeremy from A Day to Remember. Yeah, started doing pre-production and like last bits of writing that we needed to do, and uh, having having the stuff that we had already kind of put together as the five of us get filtered through their brains. Mm-hmm. That all come together was was like okay this record's gonna like be i don't it, it might not appeal to everybody but i think it's gonna be the record that like the five of us need the record to be you know what i mean yeah for sure uh and uh so we we sat on that for a minute we went and did the the shrine show yeah in august of 2019 we we all flew out to uh jersey to will studio and actually yeah. tra- and tracked it there right how was that tracking with putney oh, i i i loved it i also we <laughs> just did a record with putney too so it was it was my second uh my second time working with will oh really i didn't realize that we did uh texas did the self-titled record with will oh shit i didn't even realize Uh, that wow yeah but will will's a genius man Mm -hmm. it's like any time that the five of us were like stuck on something like will would just always know like the real we just immediately be like oh why don't we try something like this and we'd be like i mean yeah that's exactly what it needs (laughs) yeah say something sooner man you know? <laughs> yeah why didn't say this sooner dude <laughs> much, and there's a reason that he like i mean he's he's like the top dog in our genre of music and he, yeah and he, he is for a minute you know and there's a reason 
Like it's like everything he does, like everything he touches like, turns to gold. He's he like just he gets he gets the scene and he gets our band and he gets where our band is trying to take the sound and it just like all of those pieces kind of just fell in line for the record. Yeah. Dude, he's he is a genius. I had him as a guest on here uh before and just like learning about his history and how he came up and everything but also you know you just see all the records he's done and all the bands he's worked with it's just so impressive yep and you know why and you know when you see bands always going back to him it's like result there's a, there's a yeah exactly <laughs> the resume is just fucking insane like billy said it's yeah, it's insane dude it's nuts like yeah. his discography is fucking yeah absurd. yeah like when i heard that you guys were doing the record with him i was like oh dude yeah this yeah. makes total sense yeah, I, I, uh, you know, the the guys had worked with Andrew Wade and Jeremy McKinnon for oh, wow. the the previous two records. Yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, and and I don't know. It's not. It's nothing against Wade because Wade is a fucking genius in his own right. I, I like for Wade, sure. Wade is like one of my like production idols. Uh, but I think we all just felt like with with Aaron not being in the band anymore, uh, and him being the the main songwriter prior to that. Yeah. And and everything we had gone through with the accident, and it was like, well, if we're gonna go for it, we might as well go all the way in and like, you know, swing for the fences and bring in somebody new that we think think understands where we're trying to go. And Will was that guy, and lo and behold, you know, true true to his form, he what he ended up being the right guy for the job. Oh yeah, definitely, he definitely was. I remember when you guys like released Aftermath. I mean, everyone probably felt the same way. That was a very emotional, real song. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was uh. That hit it. Yeah, it made sense to put that out as the first single. It it almost wasn't the first single. No. Uh, I think Jim was the one that was like, I think that I think it makes the most sense for it to be this song. And after he explained it the way that he did, we were all like, Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, definitely, it makes total sense. And then then the video to go along with it just put the icing on the cake. Oh yeah, the video is fucking incredible. Um, that show, I mean, how surreal was that? <laughs> was the, that just, were you nervous as fuck? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we practiced for like two weeks straight in Vegas leading up to the show. Cause we hadn't fucking played together in years. So yeah. we like eight hours a day for like two weeks straight leading up to that. Um, oh wow. Really? Oh yeah. And, uh, and yeah, dude, that that fucking those couple minutes standing on stage waiting for like the intro to finish and the clicks to start for the first song felt like an eternity. <laughs> God, what what are we doing? And then as soon as the song started and I started playing, it was like, oh, I fucking I got this. I like immediately snapped back into show mode. Yeah, but there was definitely a couple moments of like severe anxiety leading right. up first note <laughs> it's like i'm gonna fuck this up i'm yeah. gonna fuck up the first note real bad <laughs> started the first song by myself too not oh nerve did you <laughs> nerve-wracking whatsoever uh yeah no it i i think that, that a lot of the guys would say the same thing it was like there was definitely nerves up to the first note but then once the show was in full swing it just felt like we were back to doing it again like yeah. nothing in and then after that show, was that when you guys like started talking about future? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that 
uh, the Unify offer might have already been on the table, but we told them that like we were not signing off on anything until like after until we knew how we were going to feel a physically or b emotionally if we would even want to play more shows after that yeah 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 i get that but uh you know i think i think it took a minute for us after that show to sign off on playing it because uh all of us felt pretty rough the next day (laughs) i had a hard time walking again the next day did you really oh man how was like zach and vigil and everyone everybody was in bad shape except for (laughs) Because Jim had been running like marathons and shit because he's a superman. Yeah, he is Superman. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we were all in pretty rough shape. Yeah. But uh, probably like a week or two after, we were like, yeah, that was pretty fun. We should we should probably do this I again. Wanna, yeah, I want to do this again. <laughs> I don't know that uh, full-time touring is ever going to be something that's that's in our uh, in our future. I think that uh, given the, the state of everybody's physical condition and whatnot, uh, we'll probably stick to doing one-off or like fly date stuff for now or like limited shows at least for the time being uh, yeah maybe like a few in a row and that's yeah, it that's it like i don't i don't know if we'll do like back-to-back shows if any at most it would be like one or two shows a week yeah. but that i mean that is like you know may, maybe saying a little too much <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't want to say that that touring is completely out of the question but it's like that that's just not where we're at yeah at, no definitely we're, want to we want to play everywhere we haven't been to yet and then we'll uh and then we'll go from there and see how everybody's feeling after that yeah i'm sure you guys want to get back to like your favorite spot your favorite like area places to play i am so i so back to germany so bad is that the one spot one place you really really want to get back to shows in germany are always incredible and i mean they are shows in europe in general are are always amazing but yeah europe is great Germany loves the ghost inside and uh and our our first show back there is supposed to be full force festival which was the first festival I ever played in Europe with Texas in July so it holds like oh really okay first festival I played in Europe ever yeah and in the last show Texas ever played in Europe it was our last show of our farewell tour over there and it's supposed to be our first show back with TGI and I I want to play it so bad (laughs) it just holds a place in my heart yeah, that'll be. Hope when is that supposed to happen? When's full force supposed to be? It, I think I it's forget. like the end of June or something. Oh, oh. It, yeah, it's it. I mean, we haven't heard anything. It's yeah, you know, as as anything, uh, you know, gathering related this year is is up in the air. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what is that. <laughs> we more control too. Yeah, you can't do anything about it. Have you yeah. been to Australia with Ghost Inside? Oh, just this past January. Oh, Unified. Yep, and that that was the the only time I've been over there with them, and it was insane. It was it had not, to be. It was so good. I remember when they first, you know, before when I was saying when they first went to Australia, they just fucking it popped for them. Yeah, yeah. I that that's what they've told me too, and that that was part of why uh, Australia ended up being the, the first place we were going. Oh, uh, makes sense because of how much love the band has gotten over there it just made sense that uh, obviously the offer was on the table but it was like okay well yeah we'll go there next because you know they've always taken good care of the band yeah makes sense to do it <clears throat> no it's rad i can't wait to see the band again i mean i'm pretty sure because i know that locals only tour came to tomcats it went to tomcats in fort worth yep. i'm trying to remember if that was the ghost inside show i was at because we had the band there before that too 
I just can't remember. What year was it? That was um I uh I think we also went there with the Acacia Strain and In Heart's Wake and Yes. Uh, think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that went there too. That was, that was my first tour with the Ghost Inside actually. Oh no shit. Such yeah. a good first tour. I love In Heart's Wake. That band fucking rolls. They are so fucking good and they are maybe one of the tightest live bands ever. Very. They're so so good. Something about Australian metalcore. Dude, Australian metalcore is like owning the world right now. I think it's the best. Dude, I, I think the best metalcore bands come out of Australia and it's ridiculous. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's insane. Yep, I agree. It's fucking awesome. So much good shit coming out of Australia. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so how long have you had your studio for? Talk a little briefly about that. So Has it always I... been a thing? Kind of. Uh, I, it wasn't always a serious thing. I, okay. I started getting into recording just so I could uh, record demos for my old local uh, band. Okay. So I was doing the majority of the songwriting in that band, uh, and I got tired of trying to do it at practice with people talking and <laughs> drummers tapping on stuff all the time. So I, <laughs> I just got recording software so that I could program drums and write songs on my own. And then it turned into, okay, well, how do I make the demo sound better so that when I show my bandmates, they're more stoked on it? Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, oh, that actually sounds a little bit better. That's cool. Maybe I can help my friends record their demos, you know? Yeah. And then and then it turned into, uh, well, I've got time in between tours. Maybe I'll just, like, record some friends for fun and, like, maybe I'll make a couple bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and then when the accident happened, uh, it was like, well, <laughs> who knows when the band's coming back, so maybe I should, like... Invest, invest a little bit more time in the studio stuff and see where it goes yeah for sure so i've probably been dabbling with recording stuff for at least 10 years now uh but i i only started taking it like really serious since 2016 or so oh okay yeah so not too long yeah but so that's... yeah i've been taking on clients since then and like that's actually do like pursue it as like my side hustle from the band yeah do you think you're gonna push it further are you I gonna mean, tr if it if it happens it happens i guess yeah if I mean, if it happens yeah like you know i'll i'll take it um but uh i'll never put it above my like my uh priorities for the band or anything like that like like yeah. I much prefer to be the person playing the music than pressing the buttons but yeah. if i have anything other than the guy playing the music i want to be pressing the buttons for sure I mean, I think that's how it is with Putney. Yeah. yeah I, he, he wants to be behind, though. <laughs> it's the opposite. He's, he's the other way around. He likes playing in a band, but he much prefers the uh, creation process, which is cool. It is. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things about being in a band is making a record, but I like it when I can be on the strictly creative side of it and not having to do the technical side of it. Yeah. If, no, I uh, totally get that. I like doing the technical side for other people, but when it's my music, I'd much rather be... Just, just strictly on the creative side. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. We did have a uh, question before I meant to ask um, from someone in chat. He asked, uh, they asked, uh, what did Ep Epitaph Records do for the band after the accident? Uh, Epitaph Dude. are the coolest humans on the planet. This is true. This is very uh, true. I remember seeing everything they did. Yeah. Brett, uh, Brett waved all of our... Uh, all the, he, he said that the band no longer had to recoup anything and gave all proceeds from the record di directly to us. I saw that. Or I read that. I mean, that's 
uh, unreal. Literally incredible. Like what? What other label would do that? Seriously, like though. I, I, yeah, we were all completely blown away, and and realistically, they he continued that up until right before he went into the studio to make this record. Wow, for like years. He, for years, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine even trying to have that conversation with a label to ask for that. <laughs> yeah, to like ask like, hey, can you like cut that ch- <laughs> that uh debt <laughs> or that yeah. recoup, please? <laughs> we need yeah. money did it without without even batting an eye and without us even having to ask that's what it looked like to me like yeah. i think everyone else it was just like he was just like yeah we're it's this is what we're doing yeah he was just immediately in our corner and that's fucking so awesome. that's all i ever hear about that label i i literally i don't think i've ever heard anything bad about epitaph i i i myself have had very little interaction with the label since i've been in the band yeah. uh I do know that everything that we've asked uh, to do, they've never told us no. no, unless it was for a good reason. And usually if they say no, mm. and they have a good reason. They have a, well, why don't we do this instead? And we're yeah, like, oh. an alternative, like this is, this they, will work out better. They've, they've this had, is why. right. And they've had our back in literally every endeavor that we've, uh, we've wanted to take since the accident. I mean, yeah. and that, it's been that way prior, but yeah, yeah. Know, it's like even when we've been sitting all this time they've they've like never stopped having our back yeah it's fucking amazing yeah like i said like i've never i've been a fan of that label since i was a kid yep you know since i was younger and i was just up until you know then becoming an agent and being in the music industry they're they're literally one of the few labels i've literally have never heard anything bad about yeah and it well it's not even once isn't it crazy that uh, if you're just a good person, sometimes people don't have to talk smack about you? That's it, man. <laughs> That's all you got to be. <laughs> no, they're, they're the yeah. best. I, I don't imagine any of us like ever wanting to be anywhere else. I don't see why. I mean, why would you? Yeah, they're, they're incredible people. That's how I, you know, I tell bands this shit all the time. Like, if, you have, if your team is doing everything right by you and, 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 and you're all on the same page, just stick to it. Don't always think like, well, there's this person who, who's a little bigger or whatever, you know, because right. a lot of times, you know, it, it, it could crash. It just, you know, you could switch and it's just like, oh God, it's not, oh, this is not how it used to be. But it's really cool to see like you guys like staying, been staying with the same team for so long now. And at the same time, I have to give a shout out to our management team because our, at, at the same time, it was like, yeah, we're not taking any commissions from you guys either. Like, wow, our our entire team was like, no, any any revenue that comes in from your band, we're just sending to you. It's just going straight to you guys. Like, yeah, our entire team, like really stepped up for us. Yeah, because you guys are fly south, right? <clears throat> John John Youngman, that's right? the legend himself. Yeah, I've never talked to him before, but I've heard great things. He's a he's a fucking incredible human. <laughs> that's awesome. It's good to have you know great fucking manager agent everything i mean <clears throat> and just everyone being so like supportive of, of the band during the literally the hardest fucking time of your guys life yep i, I literally couldn't have asked for uh any more support than we got like yeah. it, you know, everybody immediately dropped everything it was just like by our sides and had our back through the entire process oh yeah it's fucking awesome so with um uh twitch how did you get who uh, 
gave you the idea about streaming on Twitch? Uh, well, Vigil. <laughs> Vigil's been streaming for a long time. I know, man. He's been on it for a minute. Yeah. I, I don't remember if he started before the accident or like soon I can't after. I remember. Yeah. But he's been on forever. And uh, I always pop into his his streams and like hang out with chat and mo mostly just troll Vigil. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It, it it wasn't until some point. Well, I, I've been talking about wanting to make YouTube content for a while, which I still need to start doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Andrew specifically has been like, dude, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. Uh-huh. Then I started seeing more and more guys from our world starting to pop up on Twitch yeah. over here because obviously everybody's like, I got nothing fucking else to do. We're fucking home. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw uh, I saw Neil from A Day to Remember. Oh, yeah. Started doing guitar playthrough streams where he's just hanging out. And I was like, I mean, I can do that too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I got, yeah. It looks like you have a really good setup behind you it's, in that room. It's okay. Nice, cozy room there. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I just started being like, I mean, I'm gonna be sitting around playing guitar anyway. Yeah. I, I might as well. I might as well get on stream and hang out with like whoever shows up. Yeah. You know. And it like, admittedly, when everything got canceled last year, like I went through a pretty depressive state where I just didn't touch my guitars for like months. Yeah. Months on end, and so it's like I need, I need to set a schedule, where even if it's one person shows up, that one person keeps me accountable that I need to play my guitar for like two hours a day, at least three times a week. Yeah. And that's how it started out. And then people started showing up to hang out and it was like, well, all right, I, I guess I'll keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's become like a highlight of my week. Like, yeah. you know, if I'm having a shit day, I, I can almost guarantee that if it's a night that I stream, like it's going to turn my entire day around. Oh yeah, for sure. It always does. There's been, there was times where it, aside from like these podcast episodes I do, um, just streaming like some video games or just hanging out, listening to music with people, having bands show me their music and whatever. Um, where I just didn't like, I was like in a bad mood or something, not like, you know, just not in a good mood. And I was just like, nah, let's just do it. And yep. it just like turned the whole day around. Yep. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, uh, and I think we, I was talking to Andrew and the guys about this the other day after one of my streams. Uh, it's my wife told me the other day that uh, I seem like a different person since I started streaming. Like, it's like, it's like actually made me a happier person. And, and Andrew made the point that it's like, well, it's given us a community back. Like a lot of what we lost last year with the pandemic was not having a community of our friends. Yeah. Like, I, and and my family like we just had a baby at the end or at the beginning of this year yeah i know congrats by the way thank you and so we've we've been like unbelievably cautious like oh you have to dude i haven't seen anybody almost outside of my in-laws yeah in like a year and so with twitch and like the little community that we're building on my stream and in our discord like it's I may not be seeing these people face to face, but at least I'm having a real time conversation with them. And it's, it's the most like human interaction that I've had in over a year. And it's yeah. really been a game changer for me. Yeah. I mean, I barely, I dude, I haven't gone. I I've hung out with some friends here and there, like every six months. I, I don't even know. Like the last time was my, my friend Bryce came into town, like over a month ago and we hung out 
got some drinks, I got some food and that, you know, that was it. <laughs> but besides that, I've been like very careful. Like my girlfriend works in the hospital. Like I don't, I'm not going to be this, I'm, it's not me as a person. Plus I don't mind sitting home, but at the same time, it was becoming that way where I was like, man, I'm so used to hanging out with friends. I'm so used to going to shows every fucking week, you know, to where it was just like, I need to do something. And I just started exploring Twitch more and it just opened up a whole new world. Yeah. And it's been yep. great. You know, a lot of people have been, you know, always coming to my streams every week, you know, everyone like Alec and Steph, Kathy, LJ, I can go on. Um, and it, you know, always being active in the discord or always talking to each other. It's like, damn, just making a lot more friends. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. It's uh, a cool place. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I don't know much about the gaming side of Twitch cause I really only hang out in, uh, in Vidal stream or my, my buddy, Billy, that's in the, in the oh, chat. Bill. Yeah, I know Billy. <laughs> Billy stream. Cause he's, he's also a Maryland guy. He lives right around the corner from me. We've been friends for a long time, but. Oh, that's rad. I I I feel like the the music portion of Twitch is like so much less toxic than the real life music and oh, and yeah, it's dude. super accepting and like I I I feel welcome everywhere on Twitch and and, and I can't say that about everywhere else on the internet. No, no. You like, can't. Like, you can't. This is so fucking judgmental and like I'll pop in and out of like uh, dude streams even, even like guys uh like there's a guy named young gun he's yeah he's, i love you he lives right by me he's like 45 minutes colton he's the fucking best sweetheart and uh <laughs> but he like him and i are like fucking best buds now like yeah i just met him on twitch like two months ago but i but i consider him like a close friend dude yeah no he he's a sweetheart every time i pop in there his whole community is always like yo dan what's up you know everyone's just like about that you know I just feel like there's such a positive uh, vibe about at least the music side of Twitch. And and I hope it stays that way. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, it's definitely in the past year has been like the music side of it has been really coming up. Yeah. A lot more musicians coming over. Um, and it's fucking great to see it. Yeah. I, I love, I love it. Yeah. I definitely like at first I like was gaming on Twitch and then I then started doing this podcast and I started doing like music streams, like checking out new music, whatever. And I was like, that's, that's more my vibe. That's like more my, my niche, you know? And, uh, so I kind of just like been sticking to that and like expanding on it and doing different types of music streams and whatnot. So it's been cool though. But, uh, you know, seeing you on here playing fucking ghost inside Texas in July songs and who knows what else you're going to do with it. Um, yeah. I don't really know yet either, but we'll figure it out as yeah, we go. Yeah, that's what, how I've been doing this. It's just I've been figuring out as we go. Like I said, I started doing that newer stream called the Defonce Review, where I have like a producer or a light light direct you know a lighting designer I had on here, Alex Mungle, who does lighting uh, lights for Ice Nine Kills, um, Ask Alexandria. He did them for Dying Fetus and bands yeah. like that. Like we were like you know watching like live videos of bands, what they can improve. He was giving bands tips on like the lighting in their music videos. And like going like really in depth, like, and just like, you know, giving bands ideas. The same thing when I did, when I had Ricky on here, it's like giving band, like Ricky would really give bands like very solid ideas and input for their songs and what right. to, you know, maybe 
do differently on their, you know, their future recordings. Right. I think so. you, I think you reviewed a video from a band that I worked with actually. I think I, uh, they're called Hostile Array and the song's called Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I do remember that name. I produced that song uh, remotely, like at the very beginning of lockdown last year, and then Bo from Seosan mixed it. This is it, huh? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. uh, was that the Ricky episode or was that the one with Alex? I can't remember. Uh, I'm not sure. They didn't. They didn't say when I when I posted the flyer for we were, the. It was with Alex. We yep. watched their music video, and we didn't know what to expect, and we were just both. So, we loved the song. Yep. And then, but the video, we were just really impressed by. The, they did, they did great with the video. And that's just a local dude from around here too. And he kills it. He's wow. a great. Yeah. Really. Alex was just like, yeah, all the lighting in this is fucking perfect. Like the colors, everything pops. Like the video is great. The song's great. Like, because we didn't really know. We never heard of the band before, right. you know, or like hostile, right? I'm like, what is this going to sound like? Like, we didn't really know. I think Alex thought it was going to be heavy. They used to be heavy. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, I don't know. Let's put it on. <laughs> shifting over the years to, to uh, the style that they're at now. But yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're, and they're, again, they're just another band from around here that I've known for like fucking 12 years now that I just started recording in like the past two years. That's wild. Yeah. That's tight, man. Yeah. No, that band's fucking awesome. Very but cool. yeah, like, yeah, I've just been trying to like think of like other ideas to do, you know? Right. And I think you will too. You'll figure out other shit. Yeah, it's you never it's know what's where gonna pop up. Yeah, I I try to like you know ask ask the chat and like the Discord and stuff like what what other stuff they would like to see and like yeah I have, I have Andrew come on and we like talk like this every now and then and like That's I plan rad. to eventually just have other guys from bands on and just chat for a bit. Yeah, uh, you should even bands like even that you're recording would be exactly. cool too. When I plan to, uh, when it's safe to have bands in studio again, have have nights where, if they're here while on, on a stream night, okay, well we're just gonna have a chat with the band I'm working with. We're gonna talk about the project we're working on and yeah. and what the goals as a band are, and you know, yeah, maybe show people clips of the songs you're working on. Like let's play on this part. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of shit, and I think like even when touring starts back up and all that, it's just gonna expand more, dude. Oh yeah. It's just oh, yeah. gonna be like you're going to find a lot more like musicians streaming shit from the road. Yep. You know? I think Matt Heafy changed the game with all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Matt changed the game completely. Yeah. He, he, he is the pioneer of it. Yes, he is. Period. He's, he's the king <laughs> of this. Genius when it comes to yeah. in general, but yeah, in general, <laughs> like props to him for like figuring out this, this whole new, for realizing that Twitch didn't have to be just for video games. Before yeah. A lot of like when I started doing the Twitch thing, a lot of people and I started doing the podcast, a lot of people like friends of mine were like, oh, so like Twitch is like more than just games. Exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is there's way more than that. Yep. It's just it's expanding way more. It's past that, you know, yeah, there's there's streams of people just sleeping. Dude, I don't understand that. But hey, I don't either. But it's cool. a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It's so bizarre, but hey, man, it's yeah, do your thing. That's fine. I don't want anyone watching me sleep. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, man. <laughs> unless, unless you happen to be Mr. Beast and swinging in and like dropping me thousands of dollars while it happens because he does that sometimes. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
psychotic in the best way possible. Literally. I think if I was like real, if I was like loaded, I would probably do that shit to my friend. I like randos. Why not? Yeah, you but would... I'm going to go draw. I like this stream. He's cool, man. I'm going to drop him a few hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. Surprise would... him real quick. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. It's crazy. Psychotic. Red said, I'm addicted to miniature painting Twitch and I don't even paint. Miniature wow. painting? Well, I feel like I need to find that. I now. need to find that, Red. Please post the link or uh, a name in the chat so we can write it down. <laughs> That's fucking wild. So what days? That's uh, everyone. Please go follow Chris. The link is above. Uh, Chris Davis TGI. What days of the week do you stream right now? Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays at nine p.m. Eastern, okay. and then I do, uh, Saturdays at noon. Saturdays at noon Eastern. That's fucking awesome. Hell yeah, yeah. Mine are kind of. The podcasts are always scheduled and I announce those like a week in advance or whatever, but everything else like music streams is pretty much like every weekend. Right. I kind of just start when I'm like, all right, I feel good. Click. Uh, <laughs> mood to do it now. Yeah. I ate, I have caffeine. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I have to schedule mine because of, because well, of dad life and dad shit or else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing this today with me. Of course, dude. Thank it's you so much. Blast. For I appreciate it. I actually hit up Andrew the other day. I was like, hey, man, I really, I haven't caught up with him in so long. I'm like, I would love to do one of these with you. He's like, I'm down. I'm like, sick. He's always down for that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I miss talking to him. It's been a fucking minute. Dude, he's the best, and he will have you and your entire chat laughing your ass oh, off. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> never stop. Seriously. But oh, yeah. dude, this has been great. Let's um, let's see who's on right now that we can go raid. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see, let's see who the fuck is streaming. A lot of people. Dicky, do do do. We got Nick Nocturnal. Oh, you know what? Let's go raid Young Gun. Oh, let's fucking do it. Yeah, what are we doing here? <laughs> Again, Chris, thanks so much for doing this. Everybody, go follow Chris on the Twitch. It's just Chris Davis TGI. Um. And then if you're not familiar with my channel really at all, just scroll below to the about section, read up about it. Um, I always post my new episodes there. Join the discord. If you'd like, go join Chris's discord. Yes, please Fucking do. Great. Um, we're going to go raid young gun right now. So if you don't know who young gun is, he streams rocksmith. He, uh, he's a sick guitarist. He's endorsed by ESP. And he shreds and, and he shreds. What's that? And and he'll play your requests. And he'll play your requests. Exactly. Dude, he plays like everything. Literally everything. I've seen him play like Shadow of Intent. I mean, like anything. And he rips it. I'm like, dude, you're fucking great. Yep, I, I fucking yell at him all the time for being so good at guitar. Dude, he's too fucking good. I love the guy so much. All right. Yeah. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much again. We're going to go raid Young Gun. Everybody take care. I'll see you next time. All right, here we go.